Hello, everyone. This is Michaela, and you're listening to the End All the Things podcast. As a life coach and facilitator, I work with individuals and groups to empower their best selves to shine to the betterment of all involved. My goal is always to bring you closer to trusting the voice inside of you that is authentically yours. My job here is no different. In my journey through life, I continue to meet people who use their authenticity, their gifts to grow, change, and serve through professional and personal endeavors. These people and their stories become my gift to you, for I cannot keep a good thing to myself, and I believe that they may inspire a part of your story to evolve. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to And All the Things. Today is so fun. You are about to hear a really engaging, really truthful um, exploration of life and relationships and thinking. And we start off the conversation almost mid-conversation talking about a retreat that my guest, Nicoa Dunn Cornelius, just returned from. And we just jump right in and get really vulnerable and really open up. And as a coach, she helps her clients do just the same. And she is a living testament to intentionally living life, the highs and lows, and moving towards creativity, curiosity, vulnerability, and validation. She is truly a gift who uses her gift, her voice to change the lives of others. Our conversation is amazing. You know, I love to have other coaches on here because I want to give away the goods. I want everyone in the world to have access to all the gems and nuggets that we are learning along the way. So sit tight, grab a cup of coffee. I sure did. And enjoy this conversation with Nicoa Dunn Cornelius and all the things. I was pretending that I was still on the boat with everybody mm-hmm. and I it was I was laying out it's 62 degrees out and sunny so beautiful here. So you mentioned the boat and we'll do a proper intro in a moment. What is this boat you speak of? Oh well you know very well what this <laughs> boat is. So our good friend Donna has these journey with Donna experiences and Uh, I think it was maybe a tipsy evening celebrating a friend's birthday. And all of a sudden she's like, you know, I'm going to do this boat trip in Spain in the the Balearic Sea. And I was like, oh, I'm in. And the next day she was like, yeah, everybody was drinking that night. Nobody's going to sign up that said they would. And three of us literally signed up right away. And we spent a week with her and uh, let's see, five other people in this yoga vacation on a catamaran in the Balearic Sea off the coast of Spain near Ibiza. Yes, you got to say it correctly, right? Exactly. (laughs) You can't be all American. (laughs) Ibiza. Ibiza, right? Yes, I have been very fortunate to spend some time in the Balearic Islands, and it is an absolutely magical place. What would you say, and again, we will do a proper introduction. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) What would you say is your takeaway, right? The goal, you go, you journey with Donna. And Donna was, I think, episode two on my podcast. Um, I have journeyed with her, right? And everything is done with intention, but also such spontaneity and and in the momentness. 
where, what did you go into it expecting and what is your takeaway? You know, it's really interesting. Honestly, I worked really hard to get prepared for that trip to do my pot. I'm also a podcaster. So as you know, you have to get your podcasts prepped, get everything ready so you can take that time off. And not only did I take that first week with Donna, um, but then the second week we just did couples. So there was four couples and we had a lovely time. So John joined me. So I really, I think my biggest intention was to just take the time off. Honestly, I wasn't attached to anything about the experience with Donna or the yoga or, and so everything I received from that week was a bonus. It was like a, a, a pure surprise. And I did some healing during that week as well. And, you know, I'm a coach and I, I spend a lot of time helping people help themselves, I like to say. And when I was there, it took me a couple of days to stop trying to help everybody and realize that I was there that week for me, mm-hmm. that this was an investment in me. I didn't need to help Donna help everybody. Mm-mm. And that took me a hot minute. It was a real learning. And I'll share with you, there was a moment where I was literally just trying to help someone move something. Like I was like, oh, let me, like she's coming up on the bow and I'm trying to help her because we didn't want the cushion to fly away. And now there's all very good intention on my part. And she looked at me and she said, I do not need your help. And she was really direct and it kind of shook me and kind of hurt my feelings in a little bit. And I, I was, I was a bit thrown and, and I, I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And then I thought, oh, wow, Nicola, you got your feelings hurt. And I sat with that emotion for the next 12 hours. I'm not kidding you. It kind of jarred me. And I thought, why did that happen for me? Why did that happen for me? Now she, you know, she's a lovely friend and it was fine, but a part of me was like, oh, And I've just gotten chills telling you this, Michaela, because what happened for me was, hey, start receiving, stop giving so much. And by the way, you didn't even ask her if she wanted the help. So that was my big thing. I'm so glad you asked me, actually. (laughs) Wow. I mean, okay, let's let's just pause real quick. So I I have chill bumps listening to you share that story because I think you and I have a very similar personality, right? And there's, I see you in that, in that activity. And I, I can understand because we have to empower other people to do their work, which is what they're all there for, or what we're all here for, but our compulsion, we're compelled to help them, right? And I know that we both know this as coaches, but we have to help them learn how to do it themselves if they ask for help. That consent, That's right? Right. And and wow, I wow. know. I I totally understand. So so much of our work is about service, and mm-hmm. so much of my personal work has been how do I serve both me and them, right? Yeah. Because I'm a giver. I'm going to pour it all out. And then I end up empty and drained and then I'm useless and ugly, right? <laughs> like just cranky, horrible person and bitter and resentful. Right. And what that, what that moment did was happened for you. Like you said, where most people, some people might be like, bitch, why are you talking like that? <laughs> I know, just trying to help, help you. <laughs> right. Like, and I'm using my language, not yours. Um, because been there, done that. But so 
when you sat in those 12 hours, right, you're in this beautiful spot of the world, you're with beautiful people who, whether they knew you before or not, love you, right? That's just the nature of these endeavors that we go on, right? What were those 12 hours? How do you move into and through 12 hours of reflection when, now this is where maybe my mindset might play, when I'm supposed to be the coach, I'm supposed to know how to get through this. I'm supposed to blah, 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 should, 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 should. Right. So yeah, I was less wrong, about but... the I'm supposed to be the coach because that was not my role. I was supposed to be the receiver. I was a participant. I paid my money. I was supposed to go to the yoga class. I was supposed to do all the things for my own self-learning. Um, but what I did was I um went inside, like I retreated and I went to my cabin. I didn't right away, but like I was off. Like my energy was off after that. And then I, I did have to kind of ask myself the question, what are you doing, Nicoa? You know, what's that? And I'd already been getting little uh, messages to myself. Like, because sometimes I'm very, I mean, sometimes <laughs> all the time, I'm very big and bold and confident. And right. I share my opinion, like nobody's business. And, and if you're like, oh, I felt this way, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, have you thought about blah, blah, blah. You know, so I'm like constantly processing. It's just my, in my nature. So mm -hmm. as I retreated. So it makes you my, a great coach. Yeah, it's really my right. my purpose in life, my passion, my service. I'm I'm skilled. I'm educated. I have history. Anyway, so even though I know that I'm this coach and I have this this tendency, I went inward and I went right back to. I'm a little girl and probably my dad just yelled at me, mm -hmm. right? I got my hand slapped. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of helping and being Nicoa and it was too much mm -hmm. for that person in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt sad. And so what do I do? I text my husband. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to the thing. I didn't even go. I know. Could you make me feel better? Yeah. And I'm not kidding. I didn't even go with them to land to do the yoga. I didn't even know they were doing yoga. I must have somehow missed the what the plan was, because this is part of the the Don, uh, journey with Donna is that sometimes you don't know the plan and you just go in with the plan. And I'm a Capricorn. So this was mm -hmm. <laughs> another piece of the learning. I'm like, what are we doing next? She's like, I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> you just follow the signs. And, you know, that's an interesting point. I, I too have had to learn a similar lesson of like, you have to pay attention or you just have to embrace, you know, being where you are. And that's great too. Right. So when I sat with it in the cabin, I realized, you know, if you're going to do this work, Nicoa, you got to ask yourself the same questions that you invite your clients and your coaches to, to ask themselves, which is why did that happen for me? What is the value in this experience? And, you know, why am I feeling this way? And how do I want to feel? Mm -hmm. That's the and important I, thing, right? Because it we really is self validate how we're feeling a whole day long, right? The science behind that is enormous. But when we then go, but what could be, right? What would be better yeah. for me? And we answer those questions. So how did that shift in your involvement in the trip moving beyond that 12 hour reflection? Well, I shifted in that I got quiet and um, I have a hard time with the gray of Nicoa being Nicoa and Nicoa being quiet. Mm -hmm. So it's real learning still for me. What is that, in, that flow, right? Mm -hmm. That in and out of my being. And I just gave myself per 
permission to only receive. So what was unique about the person's reaction is that that person is very much in her masculine energy in her resolution and she's got it, right? She's taking care of everything. And so I thought, oh, she's mirroring to me because I'm not receiving right now. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't able to receive in that moment and reacted. And I I pouted and then I found my answer and I was like, oh, she's just a mirror to me. It's not about me. That was about her and where she is in life and where's the mirror. Oh, she's not receiving. Oh, who's not receiving? Mm-hmm. is not receiving. So I began to receive and I, I noticed that I wasn't all, the only, I'd already noticed this, but I wasn't the only bold, strong, outgoing, opinionated, you know, seasoned person in this trip. Yep. So I, I tried to embody a lot of what Donna embodies, which is she allows it all to unfold. And so I did the same. And guess what? That's a lot easier. And it was a lot more relaxing. And I got a lot more out of it. And then there was a moment, maybe two days later, before the trip was over, where I allowed myself to share some vulnerabilities with two people up on the up near the up on the top of the boat. We were just hanging out. And I shared my anxieties and concerns about something. And then they were there for me and they, uh, they took care of me and I received and they loved on me, these two women, my peers, and they just held space. And that is the beauty of these experiences. And whether it's with Donna or with any group, it can be co-ed, it can be same sex, whatever, whatever that grouping, when you go and live together and break bread together and spend time together, you will change because it forces you to observe yourself and what, how you're showing up, your way of being. And and I'm so grateful that I did it. Good for you. Thank you for sharing all of that. You know, um, to introduce folks, we are having essentially coffee with Nicoa. I have my <laughs> coffee right here. She is uh, the host of the podcast, Coffee with Nicoa, and she is also a coach And we met through our friend Donna and our other friend, Christiana. Um, I think Christy was number eight on the podcast. I need to do a follow-up with both of them. But I have been listening to your podcast. I had not met you yet, only heard of you through them and then through the podcast. And I'm at Donna's house and I hear you and I'm like, (laughs) holy cow, like totally starstruck. And we started (laughs) chatting and we realized that you know, the reason I love to have coaches on my podcast is because we say the same thing in different ways. And all I want to just give it, I want to give this stuff, these opportunities for people to learn and grow. And so often people look at us as coaches and think, well, you should be able to handle all things, every encounter with grace and peace, kind of like we used to look at yoga instructors, right? Right. And I, I just, I think it's so special to be able to share those vulnerabilities that we have. I mean, I probably sometimes sound like a hot mess on here because I'm like honest, you of know, of course you're authentic. That's what I love about you. That's the only reason I said yes to the podcast. That's because, it. I mean, I, yeah, that, that is the most important part of this space I created was bring your authenticity. How are you using it to shine light on others so that they may grow, change and serve as well. And I think that um, the more we can say we're human, we're messy, we have to figure it out too, the the more it helps us become a stronger coach, right? Absolutely. So how can you use this experience on a boat 
to inform how you work with your clients? Well, I always say to people, especially when they're making a decision about investing in coaching with me, is make sure that when you're looking for who you want to be your coach, that they've also either had or are in, currently involved with a coach. Mm-hmm. And I would even take that one step further and say, you need to not only work with people who've had coaching, but also have had therapy mm-hmm. because, you know, there's some processing of history. I mean, the, the scene that I shared with you is triggered by a childhood, probably childhood experience mm-hmm. of feeling like I was too much and being reprimanded. So, you know, how do I use this? I just did, right? You and I talking about it. Who knew that was going to come up mm-hmm. as the first thing? And so our listeners will all hear this. At yeah. the end of the day, every experience has value. And I, I really do believe that, that there's value in all. And my biggest learning that I will, I'm sure, share in coaching as appropriate is that it's okay to continue to be in that space of learning that's vulnerable. It's okay to put that, I get get this maybe better than that guy gets it because he's never been through it. So let me help him. Mm -hmm. It's okay to just set that down and not be in that role. Mm -hmm. So maybe the message is your identity doesn't have to be who you are all the time. So the identity you've created for others to see, it doesn't have to be who you are. You can change it on a dime and you can adapt to your circumstances and, and just be. I mean, that really is the ultimate practice, which is what if you just didn't do anything? What if you didn't say anything? What if you didn't engage in the conversation? What if you just drank your, you know, your non-alcoholic, whatever I was drinking that week, because I chose not to drink that week. You know, what if you just drank that and sat back and savored other people's journeys? Mm -hmm. And that could become your journey. Hey there, amazing listeners of And All The Things. It's your host, Michaela here, your partner in growth and joy, coming to you with an exciting opportunity. Are you ready to infuse your life with a burst of positivity, perspective, and purpose? I am thrilled to announce to you that the course for joy, brought to you by Joy Enterprises and yours truly, is available for you today. If this podcast has tickled your brain to think beyond where you are, you are ready to embark on a transformative journey where you'll discover the boundless joy you deserve. Life surely can get hectic and self-care often takes a back seat. That's why we've designed this four-week self-guided adventure to seamlessly fit into your daily routine. So in just 15 minutes, a few times a week, the enlightening video lessons, engaging workbooks, and open office hours will guide you through a journey of self-discovery and personal growth. As a special bonus, once you enroll in the Course for Joy, you'll receive an offer for an exclusive 50-minute live one-to-one coaching session to discuss your progress and where to go from here. We'll chart your Course of Joy together, celebrating your progress and creating space for your next steps. Are you ready to paint your life with vibrant joy and purpose? Head over to myjoycoach.com to learn more about the transformative Course for Joy. Let's amplify your joy and ignite your purpose together. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I listen to podcasts all day, every day when I can, because I want to experience other people's journeys. Right. And so if I'm not telling mine as truthfully as I can, you know, I'm not helping anyone. Right. And that's part of the right. reason. That's why I do this because people like you and me, I mean, I, I think everyone is super special and everyone's also just the same. Right. But we are choosing to, to take our gifts. And I know for you, it's taken decades as well, but, and then to give them out and to shine them. So how do you manage the boundary in your day-to-day of those encounters, right? Every encounter is a healing encounter is what my coach says, but I don't have to heal the person at the grocery store. I don't, right. but I can still be generous to them, but how do you manage the boundary of, every day wanting to be the giver, the server, the coach, mm. and also wanting to be able to be Nicoa wherever right. that gray takes you. That's a great question. And what I like about it is that it, it has taken time to learn how to do that. Obviously still learning last, you know, I hope ago. you learn for a long, long time. Cause that yes, the learner, you know, <laughs> actually uh, I was trained through the Newfield network based out of Colorado and they're a global organization. They've trained over 65,000 coaches in ontological cool. coaching, the somatic work, oh, the body emotion language. Yep. Yeah. It's a great program. Um, as a matter of fact, I just interviewed their CEO yesterday. So she's a friend of mine and I was so honored oh, cool. that she said, yes, I knew you'd be proud of me. Yeah. So, <laughs> But the whole concept of this way of being, I mean, we, you know, you have to learn. I mean, the, the the coaching work that we talked about was how do you get to a space of what I call engaged detachment? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this way of being, you know, at Newfield, we talk about always being the learner mm-hmm. and you can't be the learner if you're always in it, like you're always like striving and trying to create something all the time you have to step back and and be able to be in conversation that has ears open Mm -hmm. and see what's the possibilities that can unfold so a black belt's belt will fade until it becomes white again and the white belt is the beginner belt the learner's mind and at the end of so goosebumpy um i know and that that i have that black belt Oh, really? My black belt. Um, And I say all the time, I did a speech on this, a presentation in maybe April, my black belt. Now, admittedly, it has not faded. I have not (laughs) used it, you know, life and kids. Um, It is, it's going to be one of my goals soon to get back into it. I just have to get a few more parts of life stabilized. But my white belt is my most coveted thing, like, you know, people talk about what do you grab? And I'm like, I would want my white belt. It is such a representation of my purity, the growth. It's filthy. I mean, it is filthy, you know, (laughs) and it, it, the, the fear that I overcame and the boundaries I learned it was like that belt that, and it's like the cheapest of them all. My black belt (laughs) is like hand stitched, you know, it's, Oh, I bet. But my white belt is my precious. And so that all just gave me all the feels. Oh, Michaela, I love that so much. Who knew? I've actually never referenced this really? piece of my Newfield story in any interview. I know, of course, divine in, in intervention here. It. But I let me share that at the end of my coach training, 
They give everyone a white belt to remind them to continuously be the learner. It's really powerful. And I still have mine. And I think wow. about that a Those lot. And I am listening. the learner. I'm like shaking all over. <laughs> oh, I love that, that you, you're you so connected with me and that we have so much in common. I mean, when I think about making sure that I have, you know, that skill with my clients and, and being Nicoa, back to your question, I have to remind myself that I am the learner. And this engaged attachment allows me to be kind of at arm's length with every interaction I have. Mm -hmm. And what's happened, the challenge with that is I've had to do that as a human resources professional. I've had to do that as a a coach, as a podcaster. I mean, I could sit here and get completely engaged with the other person and sit in the boat with them and empathize and have all the feels with them. But I would burn myself out. Mm -hmm. So I have to be present and mindful and open and create what I call kind of a, a sacred container to have the engagement. And sometimes that's, that happens at the grocery store, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes that happens with the person sitting next to you, you know, at the Starbucks mm-hmm. and, and people say, well, doesn't that exhaust you? And I was like, no, I, I protect that part of me energetically. I don't drain myself and I don't have the interaction if I don't have the capacity to do so. 100%. So I'm very good at that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to yeah. ask, has it always been that way? Have you always been and in, in, in martial arts, right? Like you have a fighter stance. So you've got some space between you and the opponent. Okay. To start. And then mm-hmm. it's a choice of every punch thrown your way is not one you have to engage with, right? You can deflect it. You can move out of the way, but you can't stop it, right? Life is happening. And before martial arts, it was all engaged, right? In everything. Mm -hmm. And now it's very much, and for those, again, who are listening, it's just a a deflection, a pushing of the hand, moving the body out of the way, getting getting out of the energy's way. But that's something I had to learn physically and then learn emotionally. So how did you learn it? Because I have to guess life hasn't always been this intentional, right? That the, the cycles at the grocery store, come closer or are you just a unicorn and have always just been this way? (laughs) Aren't we all just unicorns? Well, we are. (laughs) Thank you so much. Let me rewind your, we are all damn unicorns. We are. In this Um, particular form of unicorn. (laughs) So in my world, in my life, so I have a a tool that I use with my coaching programs um, and it's called energy leadership. And I learned this after I had quit my job in 2009 with a stay-at-home husband and three kids, 12 years of age and under, and with zero plan, like a freaking crazy woman, (laughs) walking out of a six-figure corporate job, you know, without a thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was very much in what I would call the fighter type of energy. Mm -hmm. No one really knew that, but internally I was like, you know, F this, what the hell? I'm out, you know, bye. Like I didn't even, but keeping no the felt facade that. of it having, yeah, it all I kept together. the good facade. I made it very rational, logical, and I'm out. Right. So, having said that, you know, seven mm-hmm. weeks later, I was probably having massive panic attacks and freaking out. But I noticed something. I learned something when I introduced myself to the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. You know, I hung my shingle like right away and said, "Oh, I'm a coach," and I had a couple clients, and I'd be two or three sessions in, and I think. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a problem. I wonder what you're going to do about that. (laughs) I wouldn't say it, 
but I think I better get some fucking training. Oh my God, you're on Google. Like, how do you? What question should I ask next? Wow. I love your honesty. God, love it. Oh my God. I'm like, oh, coaching is not like problem solving, right? Right. Coaching is not (laughs) consulting. It's definitely an element of it, but it it is, but it is not what I needed to have under my belt to really (laughs) hold this sacred space for people. My goodness, I got scared and I didn't want to do any harm. You know, let's, if I can pause real quick, coming from an HR background, and if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in the technology and science world, right, there's some of that, and but definitely in the higher, like, that's all, there are answers to most of those things, right? People come to you in HR, and there's an answer, a, a rule, a law, a guideline mm-hmm. that tells us what to do. When mm-hmm. you get into a coaching relationship, it's very different, right? It's just, it's like parenting. There's no freaking guidebook. There are templates out <laughs> the yin yang. <laughs> but you I, know, I tried to teach people the about the gray. Yeah. And when we were back in the corporate world, it was black and white for many people. Now I had an interesting career path in that I started out in communications. So mm-hmm. I've been a natural communicator and a connector for my foundation of education and my career. You are an girl. That's for sure. It is. It's a natural way of being for me. And I'm. it's easy for me to connect. Um, and yet I stepped into the human resources path, mainly because they weren't backfilling communications people at GE at the time. So I right. was thinking, hmm, I better expand. What my do skill I do? Here. So I ran up through the ranks as an executive leader, not an HR a subject matter expert. I just put people around me. So mm-hmm. I actually had been doing really well at trying to, and I think this was why they kept putting me in these executive roles is because I was a leader first mm-hmm. and I could learn the tools. I could learn how to facilitate an HR function. Um, you could probably put me in a different function and I could have probably learned it. And, you know, at the end of the day though, I had, I've spent a lot of time teaching the gray and the gray, it was very difficult for people not to be black and white. And I think that was the differentiator for me as an HR professional, but I still carried a a heavy level of judgment about life. Mm. I was a possibility girl, but I still, I still was judging. There was still black and white, right and wrong, good and bad. For me. Yes. And as I viewed my world Mm -hmm. and that's energy leadership. So when I did get certified as this energy leadership master practitioner, what I recognized and the initial assessments, this was back in 2010, they only had one chart. Now they have two charts, what you typically show up as energetically and what you how your stress reaction looks. Well, oh. mine combined made it look like I was spending, I don't know, majority of my time on average, probably 25% of my time, not the majority, but I would go to the energy of the fighter. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I happen to be in my second marriage and I can see that fighter in that first marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't fighting with my partner as much as I was fighting with, and this is what I call the isness of life. Oh, I like it. Tell me. I was resisting what was, Mm -hmm. and I could never quite get it all perfected and like under control. And so then versus now. Oh, wow. Before I was the woman on the side of the river holding onto the root, like would not let go of something. Now I'm like, oh, well, oh, I missed that root. Like, oh, okay. oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, oh look, look at that. Slow. And I, I just want to say real quick, you said something. This was another way I learned 
how to let go of what we call catabolic energy and step into anabolic energy, taking response ability, ability to respond mm, to my like world that. versus react was I saw a guy talk about Aikido. And I don't know if that, is that the martial art that you learned? No, I'm uh, Okinawa Kempo Karate. So maybe it's very similar in the philosophies because in the Aikido reference he made, he talked about the punch coming towards the hand. And instead of the punch being resisted by the other person's hand, they simply grabbed it and then aligned mm-hmm. right next to the, the energy. And some of yes. that is, and for those watching, you know, it's, you know, one fist and, and the, the hand over it, it's fist way, fist law, Right. And you can just pause and hold, right? And boundary, boundary. And then if you need to, you've got the fist ready to go. But in anything you do, you're moving with the energy, right? We cannot just stop the energy. I love that because what they took it that one step further and said, you're moving with the energy, but you are aligning shoulder to shoulder from where that energy is coming from, whether that's the isness of the spilt milk or the isness of the person yelling at you, you do not resist. You receive and align. And for me, that changed my life. I was like, I got to stop resisting what is. Oh, say that again. I have to stop resisting what is. Mm-hmm. And savoring the possibility that 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 isness is bringing to me, because there are unlimited possibilities. And if I can just breathe long enough to hear what is, see what is, listen to what is, come back to my senses, mm-hmm. then there are unlimited possibilities for me. And I might get something even better out of that than I thought was usually being do. resisted. Yeah, I usually do. And I think that's the, you know, you were talking about the pushing and the fighting and the woman hanging on, like flapping in the wind. And we do that so often. And then we wonder why we live in a world where we're fatigued at three o'clock every day, why we're not sleeping well, why all the parts and systems aren't moving right. Because we're fighting against what is, yeah. And I love the alignment and the pulling into it because we cannot just wait for the thing to come and I'll jump on the train. We have to actively get a ticket, be ready when it comes, say, here I am, let's do this. No matter what it is that comes our way, right? Yes. Do it with some intention, but that's not always easy, right? People, I find, you know, the big four letter word of fear. What, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, our, from our childhood, you've referenced some of yours and the tension and the things that we pull in. We hold on to fear, we carry it, we we pack it up, we move it to the next place. How do you help people get over that, right? The, the idea that I'm afraid, so I won't. What's the trick? Because it sounds like you've done that. And I know you've done that because I know you personally in a couple different ways in your life. But what do you, oh, what do you Here's do? the trick. This is the trick. Everybody get your pen out. It's called one word. It's just one word. And I want you to write it down in all caps validation, Hmm. validation. And I'm not saying you got to validate everybody else. I want you to look in the mirror and validate yourself. So, you know, I did that the other day. I'm in that cabin all by my little lonesome, writing in my journal, pouting because someone hurt my feelings. So I validated myself. Well, of course your feelings got hurt, Nakoa. 
-hmm. You were just trying to help her and she just, she couldn't receive it. And naturally anybody that has this natural tendency to want to give and, and support and help would have her feelings hurt if someone reacted like that. Naturally, you feel that way. Of course you do. That's so kind. Right? I mean, if and I it's can not put my... that she did anything wrong. Oh, she didn't do anything wrong. She this did that for thinking me. Is, yes, is about you, right? Yes. So, so, but I say to you, but I can't do that. I'm too afraid to say out loud. Well, of course things. you're afraid. Of course you How are. Do I, like, so, is it the validation that if I... You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll do the, you know, talk both sides of my head, right? Yeah. Well, of course he's an asshole. Well, oh, no, maybe right. he's not. Yeah. Well, of course. Well, come back to the feeling. So no. it's not about him. It's mm -hmm. about you. So you already said it. You are the common denominator of your life. Mm -hmm. Everybody just rewind and down. listen to that again. Write that down. <laughs> I am the common denominator of my life. And that is either really freaking annoying or mm. it's really liberating. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm the common denominator of my life and you tell me what that means goes, for us non-math people, the common denominator, right? Okay. That means I'm, I'm it. This is my life. So those of you listening in your life come into and through me. That's right. We are all just characters in your play. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't learn our lines very well. <laughs> And you get mad at us because we didn't show up for you the way you wished we would have. Yeah. And or you just forgot that in some sort of soul contract back in the previous wherever, right? That maybe yeah. you, maybe I asked my sweet friend to yell at me that day. Yell. She would never say she yelled at me. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but like the it. story we tell, I'm, I'm sure she didn't yell at you. I'm right? sure she didn't, but she but, yeah, must story. have signed up for that. And mm -hmm. chose to be there in that way for me that week. So I could wake up and learn something new for me. Receive, receive, receive. So here's the thing. Fear is completely normal. Every emotion has value. I call it energy in motion, emotion. Mm -hmm. It is what moves us. So, okay. So you're afraid. If you're afraid, you know, first let's validate that. Mm -hmm. Why are you afraid? Let's do the root cause analysis, the five whys. Why are you afraid? Okay, well, why'd you make it mean that? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that makes so much sense that when you were little, your dad used to get mad every once in a while and you wanted to prove to him that you were enough and that you were perfect and you could do the things he loved. And so, of course, you'd be upset. And then we sit there for a minute, right? And we kind of marinate in it. And then we go, well, what you want to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... That's it, guys. That's pretty much how coaching works. So I know pain... people, people are like, oh, just, like just the expectations they have of coaches. And I'm like, really? I just ask a lot of questions. Yes. I mean, there's a lot more to it. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's okay. Well, tell me more. What does that mean? Why did that happen? How could it have gone differently? What would you have liked to go differently? Exactly. How can you make that possible? Beautiful. What are you willing to try next time? And it's, that's it, right? But well, here's the thing though, Michaela, people, people, this is why they're still stuck. So there's two reasons, I think. The first one is there, and there's a great book. I think you and I talked about it. Uh, God, I, I really want to ask for forgiveness of this author because I, but at least I know the, the name of the book. Okay. It's called Existential Kink. Now don't get too freaked out about the word kink, but 
it's oh, about existentialism, about right? I think we did talk about it in our other interview. So we are getting off on this way of being. Yes. So, well, yeah, but my dad yelled at me when I was little and that was a trigger for me. And oh my God. And I can't believe she said that. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, no. No, there's a part of me that wants to be the victim. There's a part of me that's used to being sad and pouty and getting attention, probably from my dad. Mm -hmm. And who did I text first? My husband, Mm -hmm. right? Who, by the way, showed up, but then he said, well, I think maybe you should just go to the yoga thing. And I thought, well, that is not what I want to do here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and again, I have to answer it. Thank you for being honest and sharing. And um, because yes, you know, we, we don't take the time to have this reflection. Therefore we're not going to get the growth. So when we get that, I don't know what part of our brain, I can't remember triggers, but our reptilian brain goes, Oh no, girl, we're going to protect at all cost. Yeah. Retreat, retreat, protect. And we know what we know because it's kept us safe in the past, right? That's right. And there's something that's benefiting us by continuing to go back there. So it keeps us safe. Hey, hey, my lovely listeners of And All The Things. Remember that incredible episode number 21 with my dear friend, Ella Majors? Well, we have got thrilling news for you. I am very excited and honored to join with Ella and her mission as an affiliate for her 22 Reboot program. Having gone through the program myself, I can attest to its ability to deliver results and growth, both personally and professionally. So here's what's up. You know you have earned the accolades, you have done the work, you have achieved massive success, and you've conquered it all. But you've neglected the one asset you cannot afford to lose, your health. What if in just 22 days, you could feel freaking fantastic? What if you could completely reboot your life and health, allowing you the energy, the clarity, and the drive to continue conquering the world? The 22 Reboot will get you there. After just 22 days of following this revolutionary transformation system, Hundreds of successful entrepreneurs, including myself, have experienced massive, measurable results, all while making conscious, ethical, and compassion-based lifestyle choices that honor our planet and the animals who live here. It is time to disrupt your life so that you, and only you, can save it. So join the hundreds of people whose lives have already been changed thanks to Ella's expert coaching. Her coaching material, content, and direction aligns so beautifully with the work I do here at Joy Enterprises. The difference is she pulls in the plant-based and wellness factors that I don't have the experience for. So because I cannot keep a good thing to myself, I have to tell you about this. So if it's got you interested, please click the link in the show notes or reach out directly and feel free to ask as many questions as you want because you are worth it. It is time for you to commit to yourself, your body, and the planet in the very same way that you have committed to your business, your family, your life, and all the things that you've said yes to. And let's do this. The second piece, though, is the subconscious, though, that autonomic nervous system that that's t- tied to that reptilian brain, right? Mm-hmm. It's that's keeping us safe. 
there's historic triggers. And sometimes you can do all the mantras and all the self-work and all the mirror work and all the coaching and all the counseling, and you still can't overcome that, that little subconscious belief. Right. And that's where I've recently applied rapid transformational therapy, this hypnotherapy work, where you go back in and you literally go back to those scenes and then you rewrite them and then you reprogram the brain. It's all neuroscience. So for those of you who are suffering and think, well, not me, I couldn't fix it. I don't know. I'm still too afraid to leave the house. I mean, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there is possibility here if you would be open and willing to do that type of work. So you say, you know, people who aren't able to leave, able can't muster the courage, the overcoming to leave the house. Who else does this serve? I'm going to blanket that by saying all humans, right? But can you give us a couple examples of how RTT has transformed some of your clients over time? Yes, my very first client. Now I had done probably two dozen of these sessions during my training as a student. So I had become quite adept at it. I passed the certification, et cetera. But my very first paying client, if you will, um, came here to my home in this office that you see here, sat right there in that chair. And we did um, her session. Now I was nervous, right? I'm like, okay, here we go. This is sacred space. I need to be really sensitive. And not only did we go back in some history around her, now you go back and you're observing your history on a screen. You're not actually experiencing it again. So I don't want people to be afraid of, well, I don't even want to go back there. I'm not even going to think about that. And I didn't know what we were going to uncover at all. Mm -hmm. And we ended up uncovering some uh, early child abuse Mm -hmm. and physical abuse and emotional abuse. And I was like, wow. And I became like so alert And I just followed the process to the T. And what we were trying to solve for was a lifetime of migraines. Hmm. So she had been having migraines since the age of 17. And she's my age. I'm 54. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. And when we got back to that history and we were able to rewire that and re- re-experience that and remind her younger self that she's an adult now Mm -hmm. and that she's safe and she can leave the house and she can speak back and she can defend herself and keep herself protected. Guess what? She doesn't have migraines anymore. Now she might get a headache every once in a while. And if she does, guess what she does? She goes and listens to this bespoke recording that we created and it helps her shift. So that's, that's an so example. powerful right out the gates, Nicola, look at you right out the gates. Right. And then, you know, there were a couple of times where I had some smokers who didn't want to smoke anymore that I don't think they actually listened to their recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and that's such an important part here, right? Like we can only do so much as the coach, as a facilitator, but the people have to be willing to try. And that requires so much curiosity and courage Um, how do you like temperature check? Like, how do you know people are ready for coaching? You know, that's a really good point. I, I I spend a lot of time, I do an intake form. I spend time asking them questions like, well, what would success look like for you? Mm -hmm. How would you know? And I use language like this investment in yourself, Mm -hmm. right? How would you know this investment in yourself was worth it? Mm -hmm. What would be different about your way of being? Mm -hmm. Because you can come to me or you or anybody and say, you know what? I hate my job and I want to get another job. 
Yeah, this 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 corporation is toxic. I mean, that's the favorite word these days. So toxic. And I'm like, yeah. well, <laughs> heads up, like energy attracts <laughs> like energy. So <laughs> how are you feeling? complicit in this? Right. How you might be feeling toxic. But I don't <laughs> say that in the initial conversation, but I do say to them, well, I can certainly help you get any other opportunity that you want. But my goal is to champion you for you and your way of being. So my invitation would be to say, let's see if we can, in parallel, find a way for you to be at peace and satisfied where you are, even in the midst of the toxicity, mm-hmm. while simultaneously working to attract and create and um, uh, you know, unveil that life by design that you crave, your deepest heart's desires. Yeah. So what we want is for people to come to us that are ready and willing to do the work necessary to attract their deepest heart's desires and move towards something, attract something to them versus running away from something and resisting what is. Again, mm-hmm. back to the isness. <laughs> I love it. I know. I don't know. I, I just <laughs> I I just am smirking because I it's so parallel to the work I do and the conversations and the intention I bring to the beautiful, courageous people that I work with. And so many people come to me in that I want to quit my job, right? That's been big the last few years. And I'm always like, I hear you. That's great. We will get to a place, but I'm not going to promise you it's quitting your job. But right. we will get to a place of clarity about what to do next. Because having been that person who was just like, screw it. I want out of this job, out of this marriage. Like, you know, I was willing to give it all up. Like my mom probably could have taken my kids at certain points. Like, just get them out. You know, like just wanted to run from everything. And the reality is you can run from yourself, but you won't get far. So if you're not able to look in the mirror, right? We talked about the mirror earlier and say, to your point, what is this teaching me? How is this happening through me and for me? And until we get to that point, we're going to keep beating our heads against the wall. You know, well, you're right. And And I did exactly that. When I did that big corporate quit in 2009, I ended up. What I now say is I created the same circus under a different tent Oh wow! because I was doing, I began to realize it when after <laughs> setting up my coaching business and then I thought, oh my God, I have to make so much more money to take care of my family. And so I set up other businesses and I, you know, I could have multiple revenue streams and da, 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 da. And then Sunday night, get a phone call from the CEO of this business I started with her. And I think, oh God, I'm dreading that call. And I thought, oh. That's the same way I felt back in the corporate. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What have I done? Yep. Just because it was on my terms. That's what, that's a real big mistake. People think, well, I'm out of here. I want to run my career and my, my job and my company on my terms. I'm like, well, you're the common denominator. You're yeah. still the same person. So you can go run it on your terms, but unless you do the work and observe your way of being, you're going to end up with the same circus mm-hmm. under a different tent. Mm-hmm. And it took me until probably, I think it was 2014 until I really stepped back again. And I was like, oh my God, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I want? And it was less about the what and more about the how do I want to feel? So I began to play with that. I said, well, I want to wake up in the morning and not have to get up. <laughs> right. Okay, let's I let's be honest. Coffee. Yeah. One of the first questions I always ask people 
when they're about to like start a business and and build that vision, right? Because to your point, we we learn to appreciate where you are and build out a vision for what could be. And I always say to them, what kind of shoes are you wearing? And they're like, what? I'm like, truly, what kind of shoes do you have on your feet? Think None. about that. I don't are have you, any shoes on my feet. That's I don't it. Have are you right barefoot? Are you wearing flip-flops? Do you want to wear high heels? Like what's your, what do you want? And most, they're like, I, I don't know. Okay, but but let's start there because if you can't find your comfort and what you're doing in the middle and it's just so important, but we don't ask ourselves the questions and I, I, I preach it. I teach it. It's in every conversation I have, I think, but pause, just pause and take one, two, maybe three breaths. If you've got the time and just see what kind of clarity, because in a world where our schools teach us that the first kid with their hand up gets the gold star. The first one up, the first one up the ladder, the first one out the, 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 well, you know what? Do they know where they're going? Do they know why they're going there? Do they know what's at the end? What comes next? Will they be able to make their own decisions? You know how? So, so this is a good segue. Let's transition to family, right? You have a big, beautiful, dynamic, modern family. Can you tell me about the beautiful humans and, and some of the journey? Here. Yeah, well, I, I so the story goes to where it's been six years since I divorced after a 25 year marriage and three beautiful children. I have a son and two daughters and um, three and a half, four and a half years ago, I met my now husband, John, and he has a son and two daughters. So, yep, you can go ahead and just make the joke. We're the Brady Bunch. We got married in 2020 during the pandemic. <laughs> Seemed like everybody wanted to party. So we we went ahead and hosted it. So. <laughs> How very generous of you. Way to serve others. <laughs> exactly. It was a lot of fun. We didn't know if anybody was going to show up. We had it outside. Well, we had the engagement party outside behind mm-hmm. the house here. And I remember about two weeks beforehand, I said to John, I said, we got a band. We had to pay hazard pay for the caterer. I mean, we had everything prepared. I said, what if nobody comes? (laughs) And get this, everybody came. And we had these little name tags for like, don't touch me, like stay away or I don't care, you know, whatever. Boundaries, right? Consent and agreements all the way through. (laughs) Some people wore masks. We had masks to hand out to everyone. And fortunately, as far as we know, we were not a spreader event, even though by the end of the night, I think I was the spreader. I was, you know, a few sheets to the wind and hugging everybody (laughs) and hugging and dancing and carrying on. But John and I came together. Um, He had been divorced just a few years prior as well. And what we realized as a couple, and I really, we pride ourselves on really working on being a conscious couple. And when I first met on our second date, I remember talking about, I was like, well, I'm very interested in conscious coupling. (laughs) He he was so beautiful because of the next date, he said to me, and he's very reserved. I'm the exact opposite of him. He's very Mm -hmm. introverted and reserved. And he said, we're just driving along. And he says, I looked up that concept, conscious coupling. And I was like, what? Like, oh, green flag, green flag. This guy's interested. You know, this guy is willing to hear me, see me, engage with me at a whole new level. And we both liked being married. Neither one of us wanted to get divorced. Mm -hmm. And so we ultimately merged our families and our children were our um, wedding party. I love it. And we now have 
three in at NC State and three who have already graduated have jobs and places to live and are self-sustaining. So we're empty nesters and we are celebrating. High five, mama. (laughs) High five. Oh my gosh. Uh, Wow. Well, so, and I've heard you talk about this, so I, I think it's safe ground. Sure. But am I right that one, at least one of your children has some um, gender identity, sexuality sure. conversation? I don't know how to ask that question. Because I, know, I, I don't, don't know how remember to all either. the details. And but I, I almost I, shared that when I was describing my children. So um, I have a son who happens to be transgender. Okay. And I, I recently did an interview. Thank with you for woman. letting me be awkward on that introduction. No, that's fine. I don't, know all the details, but I want to go there. (laughs) Yeah, it's really fine. And I have permission to talk about that from my son. And I also recently did a podcast interview that'll air at the end of the year um, with a woman who happens to be transgender. So that dynamic, I learned a lot in learning how to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a big advocate for LGBTQ plus rights and and so anyway, you'll have to stay tuned on that one. I can't but my son um began to communicate and, uh, you know, his identity to us right before going away to college. And I even wrote a little blog called Confessions of a Transgender Mother, mm-hmm. because wow. it was during a time where uh, Caitlyn Jenner had just come out publicly, the fact that she happened to be transgender. And, um, you know, my son was very active online and um, with a diverse group of friends. And I remember thinking when he said to me, mom, I think I might be a guy. And I remember as most mothers, maybe not today, but, you know, Mm -hmm. this was back in 2014. Most mothers back then would have been like, are you sure? Like what's going on here? Well, that's what I want to ask. I'll be honest with you. What do we need to know? How do we, yeah, what do we, are you okay? First, I mean, I'm very proud of myself to have said, I love you. You know, you are my son. I didn't say son at the time. I said, you are you and I love you no matter what your gender identity. And so we embraced, you know, I mean, it's funny though, because he held back and, and there were a couple of things that I, I, I'm sure I influenced that. There is no getting it wrong. I don't think you can get this thing called life wrong. I think it all unfolds divinely, if I may. I don't know if that's a rationalizing excuse, but. No, but that's the was, reality. It, it's it all is. happening. And given what we have, we're doing the best we can. So just keep moving. I did the best I could. And it was about a month prior to him moving into the only all girls dorm on campus. Oh, come on. And I remember thinking, "Ooh, is now the time? Like, <laughs> do we want? Can we? Uh oh, are, are you sure? I mean, and it it's was 2014, really quite. So there's no conversation about accommodations or alternatives. You know, now that university has um, transgender housing. I know. I was so proud of them. I was like, "What?" Wow. So a friend of mine, her um, daughter, uh, wait son, can't recall, uh, it went through the same university and was able to have housing with other people in similar circumstances, uh, fostered and facilitated by the university. So incredible! it's a whole new day. So yes, I happen to have a, a son who's transgender. Yes, that was an intense um, time. And I'm so proud of him. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about counseling. I checked in regularly. 
But he really took it upon himself to uh, forge his own path. He didn't rely on us much. I don't know if he was afraid or what. I mean, he, he and I've talked about it a lot, but he ultimately, one day I was reading his senior summary for his program. He's in the design program and it, it said his name over and over and over again. There was not one pronoun referenced in the summary. And I was just him and me in the kitchen. And I looked at him. He was home for the holidays. And I said, do you want to talk about your preferred pronouns? Mm -hmm. And he teared up and he said, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. And, and he had been going to counseling on his own. He was prepared. And mm -hmm. I will say to those people who are struggling with this for in their own families, whether or not you think you want to support something that you're not convinced about. Mm -hmm. Let me be clear. That's about you. <laughs> It's not about your child. So you, trust your child. Trust your child mm -hmm. and your young adult. Trust mm -hmm. them. They are much wiser than you think they are. And it. And I hope we can put some resources in the show notes, Michaela, because Absolutely. the Trevor Project is a really good organization for people who are uh, unclear, individuals going through this transition themselves, but also parents. Yeah. Um, and there's there's also a North Carolina based resource. I think we could probably find that out or wherever, wherever you are. Let's I, put I, some of those. I want to put people. them all in because, you know, I look at the world today and where I'm sure you can imagine I have a very open mind about all of this. Right. Like, well, I mean, I'm I'm a product of our culture, so I'm not going to say I don't see things. Right. Um, and I'm not going to say it's all like normal and comfy. Right. But no. I'm willing to yeah. learn and willing to understand. And I look at my two babies who are nine and 12 and like my daughter, I'm, I, she just, she just wants to see the world for the potential and the creativity. She's a little artist. My son just wants to construct it and create it. And I look at them and I'm like, you don't have to choose. That's you just right. get to be. And my only job as your mom, okay, I have to keep them alive. That's really great. <laughs> right. But my only job, I believe now, I didn't know this then, is to teach them to trust themselves. That's yes. it. Like, because I want them to the comp point earlier, the conversation about school, like I want them to go out into the world and know that they are capable of making good decisions that serve them and the rest of the world. And that they have boundaries and all those beautiful, powerful things. But I want them to trust their voice, that inner voice that's theirs, right? Now, I can honestly say I haven't done the best job of that always and forever, but I'm trying. Yeah. I'm and trying. So when I hear your story, I'm like, okay, I'm not projecting or creating something, but I would like to think that my response would be cool. Tell me yeah. more. Right. Okay. But I also right. know I'm human. And I'm, I'm still a product of our culture. And I think on the inside, it could be, oh shit, what do I do now? You know, but if we, if our only job is to help them find themselves mm. to your point, that's about me. That's what am that's I going right. to tell my parents and my friends and whatever, when, you know, I, I did tell matter. him in that moment and I, I kind I kind of regret it. But I did say, he asked me how I was doing it when the first, in the first conversation. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I have to share. I said, may I share? I would grieve my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that was not, that was a little TMI. I mean, that was like mm -hmm. Nicoa making it about me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I said that, but I it's would honest. grieve that. 
but it was super honest. I was kind of like, wow, you felt. <laughs> it was how I felt in that moment. And I, and yet I recognize the soul that is my son and mm-hmm. I don't have to grieve anything. Mm-hmm. It just got better and better and better. <laughs> and he is because he was himself. His- Yes, finally. You got to and that see could and allow- learn more of him and all of him. Exactly. And I'm so oh grateful. God. And I am a better mother as a result. Yeah. And I am, I mean, there's nothing to grieve ever. There's only life to celebrate. And it doesn't matter how it unfolds. Let's celebrate it. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> well, right. Anyway. Like, this might sound a little morbid, you know, but I've been I, we've had a few deaths this year in our, in our family, in our, in our close circle. And I've been thinking a lot about my funeral and I've just decided I've been writing it out, not morbidly, but like, it's going to be a hella party. Like, oh yeah, are, it's going to be like a weekend long conference. Forget this three <laughs> days of viewing stuff. There's going to be motivational speaking and people are going to tell their stories and there's going to be this, and there's going to be a purpose corner where Michaela oh. doesn't want you to live a life without purpose. So go to the corner and do your thing. <laughs> don't mourn me I mean okay so let's, right. let's circle this back don't mourn me because I am today maybe not always living my life by design so can you tell me Nicoa, how do you live or define life by design because yeah, that is your is, shtick that's that my shtick y'all that's <laughs> it life by design I love mine that's my six word story yeah um First, I want to tap into your reference to your funeral because my <laughs> father passed just over a year ago, July 2022, and um, in October. Yes, thank you, and for your losses as well. Thank it's you. been it's been an interesting year and a half for both of us. Mm-hmm. So we celebrated him on the banks here of Whiskey Creek, and we had a bluegrass band and barbecue, and actually Christiana and Matt helped us with that through the Pine awesome. Valley Market. And I'm just telling you people came from out of the woodwork. I mean, it was just awesome to celebrate my father and they celebrated us. And I felt the love from each of them. They came to the experience for us, you know, for those who are still alive. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that when we die, we don't die. This was just one experience. I mean, there's gotta be a billion of them. We can choose from our soul, our spirit, you know, going through this earthly realm um, yeah. life by design as a result of my belief yeah. systems around that is to have as much of a sensory experience as I can. Cause I do believe our souls chose these physical bodies to have this earthly experience. So what does that mean? That means I'm going to smell, taste, listen, you know, see, feel, I want to have all of that a lot, like big, I want a big life. So I have to be very, to your point earlier, you have to take the action. You have to be intentional about it. What I've ultimately learned about a life by design to create, Mm -hmm. to uh, manifest is that I can't be attached to it for it to come to me faster. So I design things all the time and I've learned something. I've added the following phrase to every thought, every wish, everything I would like to create or experience. I add the following phrase or something even better because I don't know what I don't know. Mm. And I'm only over here having a little bit of an experience. I mean, I've had a much bigger experience than most people in the world. I mean, I've traveled to over 30 countries and I've had the big career. I've done a lot of very privileged things, but I still want to experience my kid giving birth. 
I still want to experience, you know, a conscious coupling partnership that's even more conscious than the one that we're in now. Like I want that to continue to expand and grow or something even better. So, and I, that's the curiosity part, right? We have to be creative. We have to be curious, but we have to know, like, I don't want to ever stop. I think we talked about this in our last conversation. I don't ever want to be fulfilled. I want everything to be fulfilling, meaning to your point of all the senses to savor it, right? Like if you're going to do this thing, do the thing, like really do the thing and be in it. Don't be five minutes down the road. My dad always would say when I was a kid, be here now. And it would drive me flipping nuts. Like, I don't want to be here now, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I still probably have that reaction sometimes, but that's, that's the being the observer, the taking the pause and stepping back and going, okay, well, what can I smell? What can I engage with and what's happening around me? And that kind of life by design doesn't happen by accident, right? And it requires time and attention and support and celebration. And I think to kind of wrap up the celebration piece, like when my clients are like, I didn't do it or it didn't go well, I get out the pom-poms friends and I'm like, bring it on. Tell me why. Yeah. Because we, I want to be the kind of person that does X, Y, Z. Sure. Great. But are you willing to be that person? Are you willing to do what it takes to be that person? Are you sure that's the person, you know, the right direction to go? Just pause, right? Let's celebrate when you have a job that you find you hate. Because now you know what you don't want. Now you can have some clarity on what your skills are and what you might need to work through a little bit. Um, And so that is why, right? I've said this before. That's why I started this podcast. I want to give people things that they can work with. One other similarity that you and I have is our podcast didn't necessarily start as a podcast. Mine started on Instagram live as just casual, casual-ish conversations, and then, and then it evolved and became. Tell me about Coffee with Nicoa. Who was it? Who is it? And where is it going? Yeah. And I just want to add to your list of how this life by design gets created. And it's it's really practice. Yeah. Oh God, yes. <laughs> it's, it's over it's and over. Yeah. And observing self while in that space of, of taking the breath. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's really what I've been trying to articulate in what I call pontificating, which I actually did an interview and someone said, when I said pontificate, they saw that as kind of a negative connotation because I think they thought of someone like preaching, like in, yes, uh, yeah. But for me to pontificate means I'm just going to sit here and talk about my beliefs and, and my own learnings without you know with abandon with abandon so because and your I can't, brainstorm letting the thoughts yeah, create that's how it all started too mm-hmm. and you know when I when I think back I just was compelled so I am a, as we've said a speaker by default <laughs> I'm a talker I was a cheerleader I'm loud and I finally got out of what I referred to as a, a corporate experience, the American dream experience that kept me very restrained. And mm-hmm. I was pretty authentic. I would probably say I was 80%, you mm-hmm. know, authentically me all the time. But there were many a corporate meeting where I just wanted to stand up and scream at people. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, man, that I got to get the hell out of here. This is mm-hmm. clearly not 100% aligned with me. So when I found myself 2008 is the first time I think that people started getting on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quit a year later, 
you know, fast forward, I've started just being on Coffee with Nicola. I don't even remember the first one. I don't remember. It's funny that you ask this. No one's ever asked me because I, I don't even remember calling it Coffee with Nicola, except that I probably always had a cup of coffee in my hand because <laughs> I love coffee. So I even look, I even made these like merch. I made merch I Coffee it. with Nicola. Just there's a mug. Everybody I can buy the mug because it. it's fun. And yeah, I was on Facebook and then I began doing and I did Facebook Live and then I did Instagram Live. And, and I posted them mm-hmm. and they're still there. If anybody wants to go to Instagram, I know for sure you can go to, you know, the archives and there are a ton I bet. of episodes. And then I realized I was my marketing partner at the time said, you should do these consistently on the same day every week. Mm-hmm. And I took a big deep breath and I said, mm-hmm. okay. And I did them on Sunday mornings. Oh my gosh coffee with Nicola and people love them and then I was like what the hell have I done I'm tired I'm supposed to be watching drinking my coffee watching the Sunday morning show or having sex with my husband I am not supposed (laughs) to be talking to you guys on Sunday morning this is what have I done that's right and so I finally said I'm gonna stop I tried to go to YouTube for a hot minute but couldn't Mm -hmm. make that work easily so here I am doing this podcast. We dropped our 75th episode this week, which is Monday espresso shots and Wednesday interviews like the beautiful Michaela's interview that'll be landing soon. Awesome. So yeah, that's the evolution of this. Will I do it forever? I don't know. I only have made a, a commitment in my current life by design to do this for one year and then we'll reassess. And if I'm still having fun, I don't know. One thing I did add recently is I did these remote interviews. So I bought this remote mic, sets of mics, and I've now done four remote interviews. And I included Donna and Pablo from the boat. So Mm -hmm. I've done an interview with them and a woman in Ibiza, Ibiza, that I found on Instagram. And I interviewed her at a cafe. So who knows? This could be the or something even better. That's it. You have no idea. Um, What is your motivation for the podcast? Why do you do this form of reach? Because I'm going to do it anyway. And um, I don't want to do it on Sunday morning live. That's the main motivation. I was like, screw that. You know, so I thought, well, if I could get help, then I could put the podcast together and just and like we're doing right now. And you do this. You can na- you can knock it out in advance and then have them all scheduled. Mm-hmm. So once I finally got a tool to schedule things, I was still doing it myself for the first few months. Yeah, I, finally, I invested in Loomly. If anybody else is doing something like this, Loomly is great. Awesome. And I can schedule way out in advance. And that enabled me in my life by design to have a two week vacation in Spain. Right. I mean, if now I also have coaching clients and consulting mm-hmm. clients, but I scheduled around them and told them I will be gone. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be back. And if I You're had clients on retainer, I added two weeks to their retainers That's it. so that they never felt like they were shorted in any way. And that's fine with me because I'm not going anywhere. And that's the thing. Like we can choose how we invest our time, where we put it. And if we're clear and open upfront about what the agreement is, people are willing to work with us, right? Oh yeah. But we have to be able to say, this is who I am. This is what I want. And I, I, I'm really ruminating on the word validation from earlier, right? So I think you're right. Write it down, people, if you didn't earlier. 
how can we validate ourselves today? Even if it's like, you know, the crazy person, sorry, that's not fair. Uh, (laughs) The person who's talking to themselves, who sometimes in our culture, our slang comes out as calling them crazy. So I'll do. Well, I always (laughs) tell my clients, honestly, I say, I'm going to turn you into a crazy person because I want you talking to yourself. That's it. I'm like, please like, look, look like a lunatic because have the conversation. Cause if I stay in my head, I will validate that. But if I expand what's possible, then I have to choose what I'm going to validate. Right. At the, yeah. At the end of the day, you got to choose. You can't. So are you at choice? I mean, we go down this expansion of, well, I really should. And I mm-hmm. always say, well, stop shouldn't all over yourself. Or <laughs> I really want to, or I kind of need to, mm-hmm. well, can why? I choose to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you know, whether you know the why or not, can you be at choice right now? You're pumping the gas. Are you going to complain that the gas pump is too slow and that that guy <laughs> next to you's music is too loud? Or are you just right. going to pump the gas? You're going to wash the dishes or are you going to be half in, half out because everybody else went to watch the movie in the in the living room. So what do you want? You want to wash the dishes? Be there now. Like your dad said, wash the dishes mm-hmm. or go to the movie with your family or, hey, guys, can you help me wash the dishes? And then can mm-hmm. we watch the movie? Am I at choice? Because if you're not, you got one foot in, one foot out. and You're just setting yourself up for mediocrity. And we don't want that. Right. We are not here to be mediocre. We are here to create and identify and then share our fullness. And I see you doing that in leaps and bounds all over the place. So my one, my two questions to close today, while I don't want to live in a land of regrets, I, I believe I wouldn't change anything about my past, but I wish I could have informed myself a little bit differently at times. Okay. So if you could go back to, let's call her 18, 19 year old Nicoa and give her some insight, a little nugget of goodness, not to change the trajectory, but to perhaps enhance the experience. What would you say to her? First, I'd ask her why she was doing everything she was doing. No one ever asked me. Mm -hmm. I'd just say, why? Why? Oh, you're going to, you're going to go cheer? Why? You're going to go to college? You're going to get married soon. Oh, okay. Why? And that that goes back to my point, right? We want to teach our children to trust themselves, to be able to answer for themselves. And we do not ask the question enough as parents, as society. Um, And I think that that is a really powerful piece of information to give her is just that question. Well, I would also give her a piece of advice that my ex-father-in-law gave me. And he and I didn't always see eye to eye. We were both very strong personalities and sometimes we didn't even like each other. Mm -hmm. And one morning we lived with them for a year while we were building our house. And I came downstairs and he must have asked me about my day. And I remember saying, well, I have this and this and this and this and, you know, and I had all these things. And I was very important, very important person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he said to me, you know, you don't have to slay a dragon every day. Wow. And I was thrown. And I remember thinking, what? But I didn't believe that. I thought I had to slay every dragon every day as as best I could yep. all day long and do it again tomorrow. And I was just rushing through life. And his words stuck with me when the day would end and you still only done one thing on the checklist or 
you know, the day would end and you're tired and sad or overwhelmed. And I remember saying to myself, Nicoa, well, you don't have to slay a dragon every day. <laughs> and it really made me feel better. And I, I was probably that. 38 when he told me that. So, you know, actually, Always two years later, I quit my corporate job. So, <laughs> Wow. I know. <laughs> it all gets connected, right? <laughs> it really does. It really does. Oh, man, Nicoa. Okay, real quick. Um, in like one sentence, what does water mean to you? Because I see you and water just in the same vision. Maybe it's because you live near the water, you're on the boat a lot, but I feel like water is a part of you. Is that true? It is. And it's interesting that you asked that question because uh, something is telling me lately over the past six plus months to uh, research more about water. Mm. I even bought the book, The Covenant of Water, which I have no idea what the book is about. I couldn't even tell you the author's name, but it's by my bed. I think I did see it. Okay. Truth telling. I did see a tarot reader had it next to her. And I thought, oh, Hmm. and she talks about water. So this may be another conversation later for us because there's something I thought it would be like a quick, I just love the water, but here we go. Of course I love the water. I was raised (laughs) by the water and, but, and we are water in a large portion of our bodies are water. So and I, this one tarot reading, reader says that she has a daily, it was a different one that not the one with the book, but she has a daily ritual where she takes a nightly shower and uses the water as a cleansing. Mm. And so interesting is, is water important to me? Yeah. Yes. And I can't wait to see why, what else what I'm going to learn about water. Oh, I cannot wait. I chill bumps all over again. Um, okay. I am in desperate need and you're the only one who can help and you need to grab a book off that shelf. And oh, what gosh. I need is yet to be determined. What book are you going to grab? Oh, God, 15. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what She's book got a whole grab? wall of books, folks, for those who are just listening. Well, my logical mind wants to say to you, oh, everybody should go get Bruce Schneider's energy leadership book because mm-hmm. that concept changed my life and although you know the book's it's a quick read it's like a case study about a coach and a business owner and how he shifts his energetic perception of his reality Mm -hmm. in order to change his life and become more fulfilled and attract everything you wanted Mm -hmm. so yes that would be a really good book to read that sounds like the book um leadership and self-deception which is also really good oh and if you're really ready then maybe we should recommend existential kink and I would, I, would I need to read that. that. You should listen to it. Okay. It, you know, it's a good book, but she herself, the author, got it. We got to look that up. <laughs> I'll, put, actually, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> please do. She reads the book. So awesome. It, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's somewhat repetitive. So you really get it. But sometimes I think you just need a, a, a jarring, like an EpiPen <laughs> injection of insight that could be profound. And those two books have been rather profound for me. I also like, um, uh, the surrender experiment and, um, I have uh, a lot to read. Yeah. There's a lot to read. I'll, I'll send you. I'm so excited. So Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. I get, I, I love it. to read literally guys. There is a wall of books behind me and I'm three books in right now. I'm like, I have so many books to read. Well, one thing at a time, you don't have to slay a dragon every day. <laughs> 
<laughs> Touche. And make sure to pause. So Nicoa, you are such a radiant light in the world. And I'm so grateful that you had the courage to choose to find your authenticity and you're creating a sustainable way to just give it like you do. It is beautiful and powerful. And I am not surprised given that Christiana and Donna are like my, like just they're my star sisters. We have matching tattoos, right? Um, I'm not surprised that they introduced me to another star sister. So I, I thank you to them, to you, to the work that you are rippling out into the world. So if people want to enjoy more Nicoa, more coffee with Nicoa, how do we find you? What's the best way to get in touch? Um, how do you want to close this out today? First of all, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to be in your world and in Donna and Christiana's world. Same. I really feel quite honored, you know, having moved back here and have kind of lost my footing when it came to a, a, a community. So it's been really nice to attract them. That's and not by you. accident, by the way. Of course not. Right. Of course not. This Divine is the new you got to meet the new vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And my new frequency did attract a much higher frequency of connections mm -hmm. and that are that's serving me at this stage of my life. So thank yeah. you very much. And I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, people can find out more about me at Coffee with Nicoa, the podcast, right? So you can search it on any podcast um, platforms. Yeah. Also, you can go to my website, coffeewithnicoa.com. And if you are interested in executive coaching, or rapid transformational therapy, you can go to my referral site, which is Nicoa, N-I-C-O-A dot coach, C-O-A-C-H, Nicoa dot coach. And it would be my honor to spend some time with whoever is interested in learning more. Have you ever wanted to quit your job and try something completely different? What if you could create a life by design, the kind of life you don't need a vacation from? In my new podcast, Coffee with Nicoa, I bring you real stories from real people living lives they love. Two months into our coaching work, I got off work and I'm like, God, it's gorgeous outside. I should just walk around my neighborhood. And I'm like halfway into my walk, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening. Life by design is happening. I'm actually doing it. I'm not just thinking about it. Like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That just happened without me like making it a thing. Listen now to Coffee with Nicoa on your favorite podcast platform. I encourage all to, you started with this, I think, you know, all coaches need to be working with a coach. And someone once said to me, well, you have clients for years. Like, doesn't that mean you're not doing your job? And I'm like, uh -uh. I'm not a package coach. I'm not going to give you this thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm here for as long as you need the support, right? As long as you're willing to keep growing. And I just... I don't know. Yep. I hear you. I see I, you. It's so important. So it is so important. We all I, need this. We I coach, I'm a mentor coach as well. So I do mentor coaching for coaches who are starting out awesome. to help, help them find themselves and really continue to do their self work so that their self doesn't get in the way. And, yeah. and not that it would, but sometimes it can cause them to trip up and try. Oh, and it, it does perfect. though. And, I mean, yeah, but that's the humanity of us. And if, as I'm coaching, I'm not also learning and having my feelings hurt and having things, I need to clear them out of the way, not only for me, but for my clients. And then I get to say to my clients, guess what? Guess what I did. Right. I look like the bananas lady. Let me tell you all about it. And sometimes oh, they're I like, wow, it. you're so self-effacing. And I'm like, that's the thing. If I'm not 
looking it's in. clear that our authenticity is matching today and and we see each other so i really appreciate you having me and i can't wait to hear your episode again when, when okay. it drops and i'll send you some information about that and awesome i can't wait to hear this one so thanks i, I, I you know i like to talk so thanks for the i know and i'm looking at the clock now for the first time in a while i'm like oh dang we went Oops. over but you know what that's okay just time and it we is. are here to connect. So, Nicoa, I am grateful for you. I hope you go out into the world and be as fabulous as you want to be today. You I will. Kind I'm going to get these nails fixed because they're get a it, mess. Girl. I know. That was, it, girl. That's what I'm going <laughs> next. So I take Tuesdays off. So I made a special exception for you. Well, this is kind of like being off. We're just it is like being a off, cup isn't of it? Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank All you, right, dear. my dear, you go enjoy your Tuesday and I will talk with you real soon. To everyone okay. else, please make it a great day. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap on another episode of And All the Things. If you enjoyed today's show, please like and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you really liked it, please go ahead and rate it. Then think about who in your life might also need to hear it and any of the other episodes we have shared. Then share it with them. When you find something meaningful, something valuable, you've got to share it and pay it forward to those you care for. Thanks for joining us and follow along on Instagram at myjoycoach to see more of me, your host, Michaela Bertieshaw. And as always, make it a great day.